Coming live from Maine, USA is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through the industry insights, information or simply learning from them. And today we have got Dr. Avram Bayes, clinical psychologist, author, speaker, and we will be talking to him on why do men and women keep having the same argument over and over. Sir, you have recently written a book on this, you know, uh, yeah. Hidden in Plain Sight, How Men's Fear of Women Shape Their Intimate Relationships. Tell us about this book. What did you, why did you come to this uh, writing to this? What, what, what was the trigger for that? Well, um, I'm a therapist and I work with a lot of men and I kept hearing the same stories again and again. Men would come to my office and tell me all the things they were unhappy about their wife or their girlfriend. And I started to ask them, you know, have you talked to your wife about this? And they would give me a look like I was, I had asked the stupidest question in the world. Like, I'm not gonna talk to her about it. And it started, I started to realize that they were afraid to talk to their wife, afraid to talk to their girlfriend. And so I started exploring with them, like, why wouldn't you talk to her? What do you think is gonna happen if you talk to her? And I started uncovering all the different reasons, all the different ways that men are afraid of their partners, men are afraid of women, which is not a conventional idea. But when you start talking about it with people, you find out how often it's true. Right, right. So do you actually think uh, that men are uh, afraid of women for whatever reasons? We'll come to understand that because it's been very much open in every uh, part of the world almost that it's the men who uh, women fear a lot. Now, you have come with this sort of an understanding and that is a very uh, special sort of an understanding. It's nothing to do with the power equation, so-called power equation between the uh, between men and women, but to get a better understanding uh, of this whole subject. So what is your perspective on this whole understanding that you have come with? Well, there's a great quote in the book by a novelist by the name of Margaret Atwood, who said, <clears throat> um, men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Women are afraid that men will kill them. So they're very different kinds of fears. But what I've learned is that men are afraid of being dominated by women. Men are afraid of being criticized by women. Men, and underlying that on a deeper level, men are afraid of being abandoned by women. Okay, okay. So this is, isn't it this, uh, this particular fear is what makes uh, men and women both special? Men had that earlier work of being a hunter, getting, feeding the family, women taking care of everything. Now, being a homemaker is not easy. Not now, not in earlier days. Uh, when men were out, it was men, women who used to, take care not only of the work, but also is to defend the household in whatever ways, because uh, animals would come in and anything can happen. So why there is a, a mismatch uh, of understanding between men and women? See, we just I just wanted to understand for people who are listening to this is that you come out with how people, both men and women look at arguments uh, where you know, men are so emotionally withdrawn in arguments. Now, how does that lead to? I saw that, you know, uh, 
some synopsis of that book where you have described this. Can you tell it us for our audience, please? Sure. It's a really important point you're making about men being emotionally withdrawn. And what I've done in this book is explain why. Mostly up until this book, people have looked at men's emotional withdrawal and been critical of men. They've said, you know, that men are withdrawing emotionally as sort of a power play, as a way of maintaining domination and control in the relationship. But the reason men withdraw emotionally is that for a man, being in an emotional argument with a woman would be like me coming, landing in India. I don't speak the language. And when men are in arguments with women, they don't speak the language because men have spent, women have spent most of their lives learning about relationships. So when, when you were a little boy, what did you and your friends play? How did you play together? Pardon, I didn't get the question, sir. When you were a little boy and you played with other boys. Yes. What kinds of things did you do? What kinds of games did you play? Whatever in childhood, you know, in India, there used to be a lot of different games. You can, you can say anything. Uh, you, can, it, you can be the traditional cricket playing football. Right. Or, or, you know, local games that was there. Exactly. Marble playing and all that stuff. Yep. All of the games you just mentioned taught you how to compete and how to be aggressive. While you were playing games, learning how to compete and be aggressive, the girls were playing games, learning about relationships. They played house. Okay. They played doctor. They played school. They played imaginary games and they were learning about relationships. So then when we get older and we get interested in the girls again, they know a lot about relationships we have never learned because they learned all about them with each other and we didn't do that with the other boys. So when we come into an intimate heterosexual relationship, we are at a significant disadvantage. We don't really understand how they work. And so then it goes one of two ways. Smart men at that point go, you know what? If I want to have somebody in my life who I love and loves me, I'm going to have to learn. I'm going to have to let her teach me. Men who are less secure go, I'm not going to let her tell me what to do. And then that's the kind of conflict that we're used to is where men are not willing to learn about relationships from their partners. Okay, but isn't this a good thing in a way that they can complement each other in a relationship? Why does it become competitive within the relationship it, itself? And then it leads to, you know, charges of dominating one another. Well, you're absolutely right. It certainly can be a good thing. But the problem is that men are taught to not let women be in charge and to dominate. And so for a man to be cooperative with a woman in that way, he has to go against the culture he was raised in. Okay. We have an expression in our culture. I don't know what the equivalent in India would be. The, the worst insult a man can say to another man is that he's pussy whipped. You know the expression? Right, right. I, yeah. I, I get so it. it. He's saying, you know, you're dominated by a woman. That's the worst thing that a man can say is you're, you're not a man. You're dominated by a woman. Well, you see, this is totally going into a very different way of thinking that because society is changing and uh, we are looking at making our society where women are also playing an equal role in all aspects of our lives. 
there are great doctors, scientists, any area that you go, uh, women are coming up strongly. And uh, that's a nice thing to see because new talent is coming. New ways of looking at the same thing are, uh, are coming up. Women have a very different perspective of looking at the same thing that men have been looking at. So uh, it, it's a nice thing. But here when we are talking about this, we are talking about relationships. Yeah. Now, why, why does this uh, thing called scare, being scared for men and being fearful of women, how does this come in? Is it just because they have been brought up in a manner that has nothing to do with them, but they have to uh, solve these problems when they are in a relationship or when they are in a, uh, in a married life? Uh, what they should do to uh, understand best uh, from each other's perspective? Well, that you have to start with understanding that in most arguments between men and women, that unbeknownst to both of them, they are actually working at cross purposes. They think they're arguing about the same thing, but they're really, they're really going in opposite directions. And so the reason that the argument just keeps happening again and again and again is they don't understand that they're after different things. So typically what the woman is trying to do is to get closer to get more connected, to be more intimate. But men are raised to be threatened by closeness. If you ask a man what's happening in this argument right now, he'll say, oh, she's criticizing me. She's trying to change me. He doesn't hear, honey, why don't you let down your guard and be, you know, open up, be close. Tell me what you're thinking. I want to be closer to you. By the time he hears it, it's I'm trying to control you. I'm trying to make you more like the person I want you to be. So the woman is pursuing and the man is withdrawing. And the more she pursues, the more scared he gets, the more he withdraws. And the more he withdraws, the more she pursues. And it doesn't, it doesn't reach an ending because they don't understand they're about very different things. Okay, and that is why uh, it leads to argument over the same thing again and again. I think so, yeah, a lot of the times. Okay. Or is it because that women have a better memory and men have not, have not? Uh, is it because of that? Because No, I don't think women have a better memory. I think women pay more attention to what's happening in the relationship and we're a little tuned out sometimes. Okay. So because, because women have been, you know, taking care of uh, looking at relationships while men were playing their own games in yeah. childhood. Yes. Okay. So from now... From the relationship perspective itself, that in, in a marriage, when there is an argument, it is not actually an argument. A woman is trying to tell you something and the man feels in a way some emotionally withdrawn or threatened. Right. And women finds it very uh, difficult to understand. And men at the same time, I, I find also difficult to understand why she is saying the same thing and, uh, again and again. Yes. Where can, where can there be a meeting point so that things can be very good? Well, the meeting point is for men to, first of all, understand that the reason they're so defensive and withdrawn is that they're scared. And of course, it's very threatening to suggest to a man that he's scared. You don't tell men that they're scared because men are raised to believe that a real man doesn't get scared. So first of all, you have to get past the obstacle of being willing to say to your partner, 
you know, I, I feel criticized when you talk to me like that. Can you think of another way? I think you're trying to tell me something important, but the way you're telling me is making me very withdrawn and very defensive. Could you think of another way to talk about that with me? And for women, what women, one of the questions I've been asking women recently is I ask women, what did you learn from your mother? What did your mother teach you about men? And overwhelmingly, the answer is, don't trust them and don't think much of them. They learn from their mothers to be kind of condescending and not think very highly of men. Well, men don't know that consciously, but they do feel it. They are aware of it. So they're defensive from the start because even if the woman is not saying things that are obviously critical, she's feeling critical. She's feeling like, oh God, wait, why can't I get through to this guy? Why won't he listen to me? What's wrong with him? So we're, we're off on a pretty bad start. And so for the woman's part of it, it's being learning how to talk more about herself rather than telling him about him. I'll give you a very simple example. Please. Uh, my wife will sometimes say to me, change that shirt, doesn't look good on you. And I'll say, now, you know what? I put this shirt on because I like the shirt, right? Mm -hmm. I like this shirt. So if you say to me, I don't like that shirt. It doesn't look, I don't, I'm not attracted to you wearing that shirt. I'll go change my shirt. I don't care. But if you try to tell me that you're the boss of who, of what shirt I should wear, then I'm going to get resistant and tell you, no, I can wear whatever shirt I want. So that can go two very different ways. Okay. So, so wife should use better words to get their work done. If at all, they think that they have a particular point of view. They should use words that are not critical and speak for themselves. When she says that shirt doesn't look good on you, that's a criticism. When she says, I don't like that shirt, that's just her. But I, she says, go change your shirt. It doesn't look good because she's worried I won't listen. If she just says, honey, I don't really like that shirt. It's the wrong color for you. She's worried I'll just blow her off and not care. So if I listen, then she won't have to be critical. She can just uh talk to me. But doctor, if wife has been trained to be yeah. uh, an expert in relationships, then why doesn't she choose the right words? Because we don't listen. Because okay. when they use the right words, we don't pay attention. So, you know, anytime things get louder between two people, it's because they're not listening. So if, if I'm trying to get your attention and you don't respond, I, go, hey, I get louder. AJ, wait a minute, AJ. You know, I, I'm going to get louder and bigger to try to get your attention. So what men have to understand is what, when their partner starts to get critical, try shutting up and listening. Okay. Or is it that their women, their mothers have told them that don't think too much of them. Is it that the man knows about it? Yes. That she's not treating him yes. in that respectful manner, so-called respectful manner yes. that he deserves. Where yeah. is it? Where, where is that collision happening? Right where there. I, the only thing is I'm not sure he I'm not sure he deserves that respect. I'm not sure he's earned it because part of the way you earn respect is by being caring, respectful of someone else. And if you're not okay. being respectful of your wife, then why would you think she's going to respect you? Okay. So where is the meeting ground on this again? Because relationships are very important. We can have, you know, we can have... Uh, fun we can have anything you can have jokes around it but the fact is that every relationship is uh, very important because a house 
depends on it. Yeah. Uh, home depends on it. Children's lives depend on it. And in, in a place like India, even, you know, if so many people stay in joint families and even in nuclear families, there are a lot of people involved with one particular family. So that has to be taken care of. And there has to be some middle ground for each uh, of the you know men and women to understand each other. How can you know men and women learn to understand each other better? Is it is there a quick fix formula or is there because you keep on talking to so many uh, clients? Well, I don't think there's a quick fix formula, but there is a way, uh, okay. and and it starts in a way that you might be surprised. Which is what I suggest to men is that they start not by talking to their wife but by talking to other men. Because what I've learned that surprises me is that men are much more emotionally open and sharing talking to other men because they're less scared of other men. And so the book has a chapter for men on how to get together with other men and learn how to be less defensive, less scared, less withdrawn. And then when you are, are better at that, when you learn more about how to do that, then you can tackle the harder task, which is to talk to your partner. Okay. Uh, they say that women can, you know, uh, know more about men, their, the way, what they are thinking, what they are not thinking. Uh, do they, can they also tell that their partners are afraid of them? No, God, no. Um, first of all, women know almost nothing about what men are thinking. This is, if you go to Amazon, and you type in, uh, you know, um, books for women about men, you will see hundreds of books. But the funny thing, of course, is that they're written by women. So I don't understand how you think you're going to learn about men from a woman. My book is one of the few books that women could read that will help them understand men that's written by a man. So women, women complain all the time that they don't know their partner, they don't know what he's thinking. They don't know what he's feeling. So when you say to men, I think that maybe you're afraid of women, they get very defensive. But then within a minute, they go, huh, you know, that makes sense. That would explain. And then we can have a conversation about it. When you say to women, your husband's afraid of you, they're like, you're crazy. That's not true. That can't possibly be true. They have apps. I've never Maybe I've met one or two women ever out of hundreds of women I've talked to about this who had any idea that that was true. Okay. okay. Now let's look at things uh, from a different perspective. Like okay. Father's Day is coming up. And yeah. uh, it is very, very much seen in uh, every household that uh, girls are very attached to their fathers. Yes. And... Uh, you know, boys are attached to their mothers. Yes. They see a lot of, you know, arguments happening in their childhood where men, again, the husband and wife are fighting or having arguments and they might be having their own, you know, uh, choices in terms of who is their favorite. But generally it is the man whose uh, uh, daughter will always sympathize with him. Now, why doesn't it happen that when they grow up, the learnings of those that childhood transfers into good understanding in their own relationships. Why is it not? Because their fathers, while, while the daughters may be close with the father, it's a relatively superficial closeness because 
the father probably doesn't let her know much about who he really is as a person. He's more of a two-dimensional figure for her, not an in-depth. And so women then recreate that dynamic. They look for a man who they can be closer to than they were with their father, who will be more open with them and more available to them emotionally than their father was. It's something you see in women all the time. Okay. Okay. So uh, tell me, doctor, uh, in terms of whenever there is a relationship, uh, is there, even in a happy relationship, it can be that men and women are both lonely? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is something that um, I'd be interested to hear in India, but in this country, so Great Britain now has a cabinet level minister in charge of loneliness. Loneliness is a problem. A cabinet problem. minister in charge of loneliness. Yeah. Um, loneliness is a bigger risk factor for early death than smoking cigarettes. So when you go to your doctor and your doctor asks you questions you know, about your health, they say, how much do you drink? Do you use any drugs? Do you exercise? How much do you weigh? They should be asking you, AJ, do you have friends? Do you have people you talk with? Do you have people you... Because that has as much to do with your health as any of those other things. And so it's terribly sad when two people live together and share a life together and both feel lonely. And that's actually often the case because they don't know how to talk to each other. So they live side by side, but they don't know how to... And they both want to. Who is who is uh, more lonely in uh, some in such situations? Men, men, by far, women? because women have friends. So if you won't talk to them, they have somebody else to talk to. Men typically do not have friends or don't have close friends. They have buddies, you know. They have guys they go to the bar with and go to the football game with, but they don't have friends to talk to. So men are far more lonely than women because, you know, this is what happens when couples divorce because women manage all the social relationships in the couple. They set up, okay, this weekend we're getting together with these people and then we're going to dinner there and they take care of all that and men don't even notice. And so they think, I have friends. I socialize all the time. Then they get divorced and they're like, I don't even know anybody's phone number. I don't, I don't know who to call. And when they call, they find they're not so close. It's the wife that the other couple's close with, not so much him. So I, it's particularly when people divorce, men find out how alone they are. So what is your advice uh, for both the people, men or women in a relationship, which is, everybody can know if it's not going well, but if it's looking very happy and both actually care for each other, but still they are lonely, what, how do they, work things out better because, you know, loneliness can be really uh, difficult. Yeah, well, at, at the risk of being self-serving, what some couples are doing, which I think is a lovely idea, is they're reading the book together. So that they'll read a chapter and then, you know, pillow talk. They're in bed together and they talk about the chapter. So, so I don't read chapter two until you've read chapter one and we can talk about it. Then we both read chapter two. And that's, that's a great conversation starter because there'll be so much in that book that women will read and go, really, you feel that way? I had no idea. 
women will learn so much and it helps the man to open up more and talk because it's in the book. And so it helps him to be more open and it helps her to be less critical and more interested in what's really going on with him. So I think the book's a great conversation starter, particularly if couples are willing to read it together. Right, right. In fact, I was about to come to that uh, details of the book itself. Uh, it's on Amazon. But can you tell it yourself to the audience exactly how uh, they can connect with you, how they can get the book and where they can get the book? I will well, also put it on the YouTube description, but just great. from your side. Um, uh, unlike many professionals, I answer every email I ever got. And I answer them. If you don't hear from me in 24 hours, it means I didn't get your email because I will reply to every email. So you can, also, you can reach me on my website, which is avramweissphd.com. And there's a link there you can sign up. If you want to, you can sign up. You can buy the book there. You can sign up for my mailing list. So I write often for Psychology Today. And uh, so you'll get copies of any article I write. Um, and you can also ask me questions there, and I will respond to them. Right. Right. Uh, Dr. You have obviously you have written, wanted to put your expertise. This is the, I guess, the fourth book you have written. Yeah. 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 So you have you, you have a great deal of expertise, your understanding of human mind, the way human thinks, uh, think. And so you have put written the book. But what do you actually, apart from financial success or the success of the book, what do you actually want from the book? Well, nobody writes a book for financial success. Let me tell you, right. I, I could make more money mowing lawns in my neighborhood than I'm ever going to make. Right? You don't make money writing a book. Right. right. No, what I, I'm so glad you asked that question. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I want to help. I, I, it, I see these ideas helping people every day, but I can only work with the people I work with. But a book allows me to get these ideas out to a much larger group of people. And I know that these ideas help. I know that these ideas can help couples, can help men to be happier. And so I want to spread the word because I want people to get the help they need. It's pretty simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you see, even in India now, nowadays, because of various factors, being nuclear families and Relationships are <laughs> under a lot of strain. And yeah. I guess uh, now you have come up with this, that men are also equally as scared as women are. And it is sign that they start looking at relationship together and that nobody should be lonely, especially from the U.S. point of view. If I ask, uh, if I can talk to you about the latest, you know, the Johnny Depp and this Amber Heard case, and it makes so much of news. Now, that is not a great thing if it happens in normal families it may not make so much of news but obviously the pain is very much there you know um I, I didn't watch much of the case but i read some about it and and what's sad to me about that case is that everybody's taking sides and trying to figure out who's the worst of the two of them and i look at it and i go it doesn't matter these are two miserable people and trying to figure out who was worse to the other one doesn't interest me at all. What I'm more interested in is how do we help couples who have gotten this unhappy with each other? Because it doesn't matter who's right and who's wrong. They're both miserable. Okay. So 
from a woman perspective if they can look uh, at the hidden world of men that they know so closely and perhaps many of them stay with how what should they see uh, inside the hidden world of men uh, as nobody has shown before how do you, do you look at from a women's perspective how and what will she find once women understand that men are scared it changes everything because they go from seeing men as being kind of jerks and withholding to understanding that they're doing what people do when they're scared which is they pull back and so then instead of feeling critically when their partner withdraws they feel more sympathetic oh he must be scared he's shutting down he must be scared let me talk to him in a way that is less threatening. So it's a huge okay. difference maker. Um, I, I did a workshop with an unusual format. It was men and women together. We met for two days. And then four months later, we met for two days again. So they went home and they worked on all this stuff in their relationships. And much to my surprise, the women were the one who said they got the most out of the workshop. They went home and made the biggest changes in their relationships. It actually changed things for the women more than it did for the men because they had been so angry for so long thinking that their partners were just being a jerk to them and then when they understood what was going on with them they got more sympathetic and when they got more sympathetic the men got less scared and started being more open so instead of competing for who could be more withdrawn they started each being more open right and from men's part what can they do to help their women help them? I think it starts with men talking with other men. I think it starts by finding, so what, there's a chapter in the book for men about how to form a group of guys to get together and talk with. And what I suggest is that you start like a book club, like you read the book together and talk about the book just as a sort of conversation starter. And then you might want to continue to meet together. I was in a group of men 20 years, once a month we got together. And we just talked about whatever we wanted to talk about. But each time we met, we would go home and be better partners. We would go home and be more open. We would go home and be more vulnerable. We would go home and be more available because we're getting good stuff from other men helped us to be better partners. Right, right. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much for uh, your perspective. My and thank, thank you so much for the book itself and hope to talk to you again more uh, soon and more and more about such a great subjects that you write on and you talk about. I enjoyed thank talking you once you again. again. Thank you. Thank you so much once again. On this, on this note, it's a wrap on this edition of the KAJ Masterclass Live.